Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Crypto Business Podcast, helping you navigate the frontier of crypto. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Crypto Business Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for innovative thinkers who want to know what works in the world of Web 3.0. Today, I'm going to be joined by Steve Olsher, and we're going to talk about creator coins. What are they? Why should we use them? How do they work for business? If you're thinking about creating your own currency for yourself or for your business and you want to understand it, this is the episode for you. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you do not miss any of our future content. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Steve Olsher. Helping you to simplify your crypto journey. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Steve Olsher. If you don't know who he is, he's author of the book, What Is Your What? He's also the founder of Podcast Magazine and creator of Club Pod, one of the largest communities for podcasters. And he also started the Bold Coin. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike, for having me. I'm super excited that you're here because we're going to talk about creator coins, also known as social tokens, and kind of what they are and all that fun stuff. But before we go there, Steve, tell us a little bit of your backstory. Like, how in the world did you get into Web3 and crypto? And if you want to talk a little bit about your podcasting story, obviously, feel free to go there as well. Man, it's like I got into Web3 because I was in Web1. <laughs> I started online way back in 1993 when we launched a store on CompuServe's Electronic Mall. Wow. Uh, so I've been online a long time. And that store, so to speak, actually became one of the first fully functional e-commerce sites in 95 that we built from scratch. And then basically in uh, 98-ish, we'll just market there. That store became liquor.com, like what you drink when I bought liquor.com and bourbon.com. And so I've been online a long time and obviously made it through the way the wave of Web 1 just being able to look at things on the screen and then just read them and maybe push a button and buy something. And then into web two, you know, around 2003, 2004 is the Facebookers of the world and, and so on came online. We, you know, we're right there with them. I got a, I think Facebook marked me as 2005, I think when I first started around there. So fairly early in the social space and, you know, web two is uh, obviously the push pull, right? The read, write, if you will, where now you can actually contribute and participate. And so we were right there with those trends as well. And for about a year and a half or so, technically, I guess I bought my first cryptocurrency in 2017, so it's a little longer than that. Um, for about a year and a half or so, I've uh, been really actively involved uh, in the world of Web3, which is not only read and write, but uh, you know, I think the tie that really binds it all together is collaboration and ownership, right? And so really being able to benefit from what it is that you help to support and create. Talk to me about how you got into Web3. Like, where did it start? What was the thing that drew you in? I would say, that, you know, from going all the way back, you know, if we're 
and again, Web3 is such a, a sort of broad stroke umbrella. Or crypto, or crypto, if you want to just talk crypto. Well, you know, and, and I would put cryptocurrency as one of those pillars under the umbrella of Web3. I'd also put, you know, DeFi and creator coins and NFTs and staking and yield farming and whatnot. Like those are all kind of pillars under under Web3. So a lot of people kind of look at Web3 interchangeably with, with the world of NFTs and crypto and so on. And so I would just simply say, if we're talking crypto and, and my introduction to the world of Web3, really just started because I read too damn much, Mike. I mean, I, I read all sorts of publications from all sorts of different places. And I had heard the word Bitcoin way too many times by 2017 not to do something. I just knew, you know, it's like anything else. I mean, you're a marketing guy. It's like you hear something 10 times. You're like, all right. I got to pay attention to this. Well, tell me more. So what did you do? Did you buy some crypto back then? So about some crypto. Exactly. Yeah. So 2017, I had, I had been podcasting since 2009 uh, and I had had some folks on the show. Uh, Reinvention Radio was the main show that I did over the years. And so I had some folks on the show talking about cryptocurrency. And that was the first thing I did. And, and of course, uh, I went all in on Litecoin. <laughs> How, the, how did that work out? You're laughing, but some people don't even know what Litecoin is. Did that end up crashing or what happened? What's the story with that? It's been about the same. <laughs> so it never really crashed and it never really took off. I bought a little bit of uh, Ethereum and a little bit of Bitcoin, but, but nothing that would prevent us from having this conversation today. <laughs> well, okay. So then what was it more recently that got you into the stuff that we're going to be talking about? Like, what was the turning point that got you to refocus? Because obviously... You were one of the earlier ones, right? Who got made some investments and probably did some some cool stuff. But something must have happened in the last couple of years that really got you refocused. What was it? What was that turning point for you? The turning point, honestly, was Clubhouse. You know, believe it or not, twelve of twenty twenty was when I really started looking at Clubhouse pretty pretty hard and fell right into my lap. It was just a really good opportunity to to get in on the sort of the early side of things there. And there were a lot of conversations going on on Clubhouse about Web3 and more specifically just the opportunities in NFTs and creator coins and just this whole movement towards this, this new world. I had never heard of it in terms of it being called Web3 to me. You know, cryptocurrency had nothing to do with Web3. I didn't realize that the two were connected even during some of those early conversations, ironically enough. But after sitting there in, in a lot of those rooms and just listening to people talk, about the future of really just the future of business, the future of commerce, the future in terms of the way that people are going to interact with companies and, and these different projects that people are, are taking on. I mean, it just really opened my eyes where I said, you know what, I, I need to take a closer look at this. And the, and the next step for me was getting into the world of creator coins, even before I dove into cryptocurrency again, quite heavily, which I had done, uh, which I've done since then. But actually, the first step was was really digging into this whole new world of, of creator coins that I just found so fascinating. You know, it's a recurring theme over and over on this show, how Clubhouse, and, and if we think about Clubhouse, you know, you and I were very active. You were w much more active than I was, but I know I brought a lot of marketers into the Clubhouse community and, you know, we were all locked up, we were all at home and we had nothing better to do. And then all of a sudden we found this social audio concept, right? And People were just spending unbelievable amount of hours in there talking about, first of all, things they were interested in, but also discovering things they'd never discovered before. And I was in so many of these rooms with Fred, the co-founder of Coinbase, and I was listening with fascination, as were other 
people in that room. Like I remember Grant Cardone was hanging out in these rooms and listening. And so was Damon John from Shark Tank, right? So you had this fascinating little ecosystem during a really strange time where we had nothing better to do than to listen to live, if you will, talk radio happening inside on the fly of Clubhouse. I think that this was one of those things that really did help kind of usher in a lot of interest, you know, and I know for a fact that Rally um, launched with a lot of their creators coming out of Clubhouse because they asked me to be one of the original creators, but I didn't get it. I would imagine that probably is how you got connected to those guys, right? It was. So I was one of the original Rally creator coin people that they brought on board. And when I say original, I don't like, like the 60. Yeah. First 60 or something. Yeah. We were like something like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and so it was all because of um, the conversations that I was hearing where Gary Henderson and Brian Fanzo and uh, Bomani. Gary Vaynerchuk probably too, right? And Vaynerchuk never played on Rally. I mean, he was talking. Oh about yeah, but no, but he was talking about all this stuff on actually Clubhouse also though. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Talking about, it. I'm just thinking about the people that actually had coins that you can specifically tie back to, to Clubhouse, the woman who started the women in business. Can't remember her name, but she had her own coin and Jeremiah had his own coin and, and, and so on. So I was like, wow, this is, this is really cool. It's really fascinating. And I was lucky enough to be introduced to the rally team. They said, fill out the application. And it, from start to finish, I think it was maybe like 60 to 75 days. Uh, and we had our own coin. Now, mind you, we're going on a year with it, Mike, and we're still just now scratching the surface in terms of trying to figure out exactly what is the best way to now leverage this currency. I mean, we really have our own ecosystem here. And this is all so brand new that it's taken us a while to even really start to try to figure out, okay, what's the best use of this? And we just knew we wanted one. Now we're really trying to figure out the best usage of it. Well, and I think an important reason why you did a great job developing a very large community on Clubhouse, if I'm not mistaken, right? Which this was an opportunity to potentially monetize that community in some sort of a creative way, right? That was the key to the, that was part of the connection, right? Which is that, hey, we this platform, people were building very large loyal communities that were having regular, if you will, live meetups or rooms or whatever you want to call it, right? And the creator coin, what was your vision? Why, why did you decide you wanted to apply? What were you hoping you could do with it back then? Yeah, you're right. I mean, we went from zero to 70,000 members in Club Pod in roughly eight months or, or whatever that, something like that, whatever that time frame was. But it was really, really, really quick. I mean, I had never built a, a community that fast uh, anywhere before. And so, yeah, we were thinking uh, that we could use the coin as a tool with which to reward the community, to invite them to participate in, in various events, to, you know, really just become investors, so to speak, alongside of us and, and really just, just try to give back to that community that, that helped us just really get Podcast Magazine and the other things that we were doing on the map. And we felt like it would be a really good opportunity to be able to kind of create this enclosed ecosystem where we had the content and we had the community. And really the only piece that we were missing in the C3 framework there is, is having our own currency. And, and we really did feel like there was some strong opportunity to be able to use that currency with the people who are already familiar with us and liked what we were doing and ultimately could, could benefit and grow along with us as the coin increased in value. That was certainly the plan. So we've heard a little bit of your story. We've got a wide variety of people listening to this show that include creators 
which may include podcasters, or it might include entrepreneurs like you and me, or it might include marketers. And they might be a little skeptical as far as like the, the, the reasons why having a creator coin might be beneficial for them and their community. Why should someone consider a creator coin? What are your thoughts on that? There's a few different reasons. I mean, number one, and I, I know this may not exactly be the first reason that comes to mind for most, but I would say it, it's really differentiation from the standpoint of it's a, it's a stamp of approval. It, it's, it's really a, a piece that you can lean on from a credibility standpoint because they don't, they don't just hand these things out to anyone, right? So much like having uh, a book deal where a publisher says, okay, you know, stamp of approval, your book is worthy of publishing. In this case with Rally, and there are other platforms as well that do creator coins, but Rally, I think is probably the most well-known. But when Rally says, okay, we are giving you the opportunity here to have your own coin, there is a certain cachet that builds your authority and elevates your status that goes hand in hand with having your own currency, right? So I think that's one of the things that a lot of people don't, don't, don't really think about as it comes to, to creator coins. And that's, you know, that, that's kind of a higher level as far as, you know, why you want to have your own coin is concerned. The other thing is in terms of having your own coin is it gives you certain flexibilities that frankly, you know, you, you don't have using traditional fiat because when Rally starts you off in terms of giving you your own coin, they also want you to succeed. Like Rally's success is based on the success of its creators. So a lot of what they do is they, they give you all the tools that you need to really succeed. And so they start you off with a pretty big chunk of your own coin that has real world value where people can look on the chart and they can say, hey, this, you know, this coin is worth a dollar, you know, 50 cents or whatever it is. And so now you can begin to use that coin to provide real world value for your community in terms of completing certain activities. So if somebody, let's say somebody consumes a, a particular episode of your podcast, may answer a single question, you could reward them. Let's say somebody comes to a, an in-person event, you can reward them with the coin. Let's say you want to sell your own products, programs, and services. Well, of course, you can do that with your own coin as well, and people can pay you with your own coin. And ultimately, as more holders come into the equation, unlike fiat, the more people that are involved in your community, the more people that own your coin, the higher the value of that coin goes. So it actually works very sort of circular in nature, where the more that you're involved with your own community, and the more that you incentivize them to participate, and the more that you reward them for participating by either holding the coin or buying the coin, then the value of that coin increases, which means the value of your holdings increase, and it gives you increasing flexibility insofar as what you can do with this real-world asset that, frankly, was just kind of created out of thin air. Earlier, you mentioned that you were investing in some traditional cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Litecoin. Talk to us about What's the difference between a cryptocurrency that you can buy on an exchange like Coinbase versus a creator coin? Help kind of set the distinguishing differentials for people that don't understand it. So a couple of key differences. So number one, Bitcoin, Ethereum, the altcoins, the more popular coins, those are going to be available and tradable on traditional platforms. Like you can go to Coinbase, obviously you can buy Bitcoin, you can go to gate.io, you can go to crypto.com, and there's the Robinhood for that matter, right? You can buy and sell those cryptocurrencies. And 
there are hundreds, there, you know, depending on the, on the exchange, there are hundreds of cryptocurrencies that you can buy on those exchanges. In the world of creator coins, you as the creator and as a consumer are, are limited to being able to trade, meaning buy, sell, hold that particular coin only on the platform on which it was created, right? So in this case, Bold Coin, which is the name of our coin, is only available for trading on the Rally.io platform. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't liquidate. It doesn't mean that you can't buy in and then sell and cash out. You just have to do a couple of different steps. In this case, you would have to convert Bold Coin to Rally Coin, and then you would be able to trade Rally Coin on Coinbase once you bridge it out. And ultimately on Coinbase, well, you'll see Rally Coin is traded there. You can then trade that for Bitcoin or Ethereum, or you can, you know, of course, cash out. So the biggest difference is that this is an enclosed ecosystem where all of the creator coins in the Rally ecosystem are on that platform. And you can't find them anywhere else and they're not tradable anywhere else. Yeah. And my understanding is that Rally is a layer two token built on top of Ethereum, right? So it has the security and backing of Ethereum and it can do all sorts of things that Ethereum is capable of doing, right? So this is the fascinating, confusing part of this is Rally is based on Ethereum and the bold coin is based on rally. So it's like a network within a network within a network, right? Really? I mean, it's kind of crazy. How did the prices go up and down? Explain that a little bit, because that is a little confusing also. So here's what gets really interesting. And in, in most cases, when you're looking at a particular cryptocurrency, there is a clear defined understanding of how many of those tokens exist. So if we're looking at Bitcoin, for example, collectively, we know because it's in the smart contract, it's in the code that governs Bitcoin, that the maximum number of Bitcoin that can ever be created or mined or whatever terms we're using right now is 21 million. It's, it's known. So there is a value that goes hand in hand that the market ostensibly creates based on knowing these metrics. Like in the case of a Dogecoin that has you know a trillion coin or whatever, of course, that is it should <laughs> have a lower value than a Bitcoin that has a much smaller number of coins available. So that's market, you know, sort of demand, right? In terms of buyers and, and sellers, the more buyers there are, the higher the price, the more sellers there are, the lower the price. And that's pretty traditional for anything, whether it's a stock or it's a cryptocurrency. As we flip over to creator coins, that value is created and extracted a little bit differently. There is no maximum number of creator coins that can be in existence. However, it also means that there's no, so to speak, minimum number of coins either. Let me play this out for a second, Mike, just so you understand what I'm saying here. It really starts out with zero. And instead of there being a set number of coins, and that's the maximum number of coins that are available with creator coins, it starts at zero. And anytime someone purchases that, that coin, it's ostensibly minted. And then if someone sells that coin, it's burnt off. So in other words, the, the value of that coin is really, it's really driven by how many people have quote unquote minted that coin and still own that coin. Because if they sell that coin, the price goes down. If you have more people buying the coin then there's more coins minted and the price actually goes up. It's a little counterintuitive to traditional cryptocurrency. 
But the bottom line is that if you have a community of people, and let's say you have 100,000 people in your community and they all buy 10 of your coin, and now you have a million of your creator coin in circulation, the value of that coin is going to be incredibly high because every time a subsequent coin is minted, the value goes up. Every time it's sold or burnt off, the value slightly goes down. So it's really going to be a reflection of how you work with your community and can you incentivize them to either buy the coin and hold it or buy your products, programs, and services and have your own coin sent to you? And then, of course, you want to hold more of your coin than you would sell because as often the biggest holder of a creator coin, you are the, pretty much the biggest predictor of the value of that coin because if you decide to sell a lot of your coin, that's going to impact the price. So. It's, uh, it's very different than a typical cryptocurrency, but it really has to do with supply and demand pretty much just like anything else. It just starts from a different place. I would also imagine the rally coin value can have an impact on whether the individual coins on the network go up and down, or is that not true? It is, because at the end of the day, you know, as you said, it's built on that network. And if the, and if the rally coin is worthless, then the, the coins that trade as a sort of a fork, if you will, off of that coin, I don't want to get too technical here, but let's just say if the value of that coin is, meaning Rally's coin is negligible, then the value of the individual coins that are based on that platform, based on that fork, based on that contract are also going to have pretty nominal value. So yeah, I mean, Rally coin was up to almost 90 cents and we saw that in terms of the reflection of value in our own coin without really doing much to make that happen. Okay, well, thank you so much for explaining how this, the economics of it work. Let's talk about some of the applications of what we can do with coins. You know, you obviously are using these coins in some way to benefit your business. And a lot of people are probably wondering, okay, like, let's say that I have a creator coin and I want to somehow inject it into my business. You know, what are some of the things we should be thinking about? I know you have a framework that you've come up with. We probably want to talk about that as well. Yeah, I mean, look, there's lots of different ways that your community can use the coin. I mean, one of the things that, and again, we're really just starting now to understand it more and more and, and really where the benefits are, because this is also brand new for, for everyone, right? I mean, Web3 in, in general is still pretty brand new for everyone. I mean, the good news is if we're looking at sort of the bell curve here, we're still very, very early and still in sort of that flat line. The better news is we're not the pioneers that are taking the arrows in the back and we're the first ones to do this, right? So we're starting to see now some really interesting use cases in terms of people uh, that are using creator coins and then we're experimenting more and more. But there's, there's two primary ways that we believe that the future in terms of having a creator coin in, in your particular ecosystem makes, makes a lot of sense. So one way is to incentivize your community to buy the coin and hold the coin and to provide, let's just call them rewards, based on certain levels of holding. So if you incentivize your community, let's say, to buy 100 of your coin and they hold that coin, we can now track through a third-party API who are all the people that own 100 or more of our coin. And then we can provide different benefits for them based on their holdings. So maybe we would do a, a, a once a week meeting with me and maybe it would just be like an ask me anything type of session. 
maybe if they hold 250 coins, they can access the once a week session and they can attend our, our monthly in-person meeting or whatever it is for you, right? So you can just set it up based on different tiers. How are you technically pulling that off? What's the tools that you're using to make that work? So there's a third-party API that you can plug in, uh, which is called Bonfire. Okay. And Bonfire is the one that at this point, a lot of people are using. But the interesting thing about Rally is they're really well-funded. And part of what they do to ensure the success of the people who have coins on their platform is they basically incentivize developers to create new tools and ways to, to leverage the Rally platform. So every day there's something new coming out that can help support the different things that people want to do uh, with their coins. But uh, the bonfire is one of the things that we can use to track, okay, who has what? And ultimately we can then deliver certain things or shall we say unlock access to certain things based on the parameters that we set forth using that plugin, if you will. Are you using this in collaboration with Discord? Is that how you're doing this or are you? Right. Okay. Explain a little bit about that for people that don't understand how that all works. So using Discord, you know, if you're my age or right around my age, you probably have seen Discord and gone, what the hell? Kind of, it kind of is a flashback to the, like the nineties. It looks like AOL chat rooms almost, right? It does. And I mean, I have a real love hate thing with Discord right now, but what I will say is that there, you know, you have a particular server that houses what you and, and your company does. And within that, that server, so to speak, you have different rooms and levels, if you will, that you can, that you can create where now you can, you can gate those different rooms or, or levels, if you will, based on people's holdings. So, what we can do is we can, through the third-party API, we can basically say, if you have 50 or more bold coin, then you can access this silver level room where certain conversations take place or certain things take place. If you have 100 or more bold coin, then you can access this room, right? And, and so on and so forth. And you can do live audio into those rooms if you want to, right? Or can you do, is that, how, is that what you're doing basically? We have not done any live audio at all at this point through Discord, but, uh, but I know the stages thing is something that others use. And I mean, we've toyed around with it a little bit, but nothing formal at this moment. Got it. So at a macro level, one of the things you can do with these creator coins is reward people based on the quantity of coins and use a tool like Discord and Bonfire together to kind of unlock special communities or special information that lives inside of those communities, right? What, what else can you do? Because I know there's other things, right? One of the things that, that we're doing is, well, a couple of things. So we have training programs as an example, where we recently did, I led a, a three-day training around Web3. And so in order to be able to join me for that training, they had to buy a, a quote unquote campaign from Rally using bold coin. So the only way to access that training was to claim one of the available campaigns of which at the time, I think it was like around the equivalent of, of 20 US dollars or something of that nature. So we weren't asking for a lot, but we just wanted people to really dip their toe in the water, you know, sort of of this web three world. And they needed to buy bold coin in order to then be able to purchase that campaign. Now, I know it seems a little convoluted, et cetera, and, 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 I, and, I, and I get that. And I know there's a whole argument around, well, why don't you just accept credit cards and this, that, and the other? Well, the main reason is because our goal for the coin is to have that coin continually increase in value. 
So whereas if we accept $20 today, based on the current trading value of around a dollar or whatever it is, I mean, our coin was trading as high as, uh, as almost $5, right? So when you start adding that up across the number of coins that we own, you know, a 3x difference makes a pretty dramatic difference that adds up to a lot of money. Okay. So you're selling access to training and you're particularly encouraging people to buy the coins. They're buying a package, which costs this many coins, right? And we actually receive those coins. So there's two ways to do it. They can, they can just flat out buy our coin and be an, and, and be an investor where they, so like if you went out and you bought 20 bull coin today, Mike, you would actually own those coins. We wouldn't have access to those. Those are yours. Oh, you're using the coins as currency. So they, they spend the coins and you receive the coins is what you're saying. Correct. Correct. Now, what's the advantage to you? It sounds like you could cash those out right away or you could save those knowing they might be worth more later. Is that kind of like, that's the question, isn't it? That you have to decide, right? Yeah. And, and again, that's, that's exactly my point is where the coin trades right now. And this is not financial advice and I'm not saying anything here in terms of what you should or should not do. Um, but we believe that the, the price of our coin right now is pretty much as low as it's going to be because we saw where it was and we saw where we can take this if we really just start focusing on using the coin in, in meaningful ways. But yeah, I mean, we could accept that as payment, which we do and which we have. And then cash out. Sure, we could do that. But our goal, our strategy around it now is to really increase the value of that coin because we are the single largest holder of our own coin. And so we are incentivized to increase the value of that coin moving forward as well. Talk to me about your C3 framework a little bit and how this is playing all together just so people can understand it. Here's what I love about just this whole world of Web3 and where things are, are going and what's possible now. It just wasn't possible just you know a few short months ago or a year ago, whatever it might be, uh, which is most of us, and certainly those who are listening to this show, so many people already have the two of the three pieces of the C3 framework. So as I look at the C3 framework, what, what I believe to be true, um, is that most creators today, all creators today for that matter, need to create their own content, right? So that's C1, if you will, is creating your own content. And whatever that content looks like, video, maybe you do TikToks, maybe you do Instagram posts. Why do you think that's so important? I mean, I know the answer too, because I'm a creator and you're a creator, but not everybody listening is creators. Like why, why is content so important as we're recording this in 2022? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I mean, I was told way back in, in 2009, really, as I started to build a personal brand to get active on social, release videos, do things on a consistent basis. And I didn't, like I did a little bit, I didn't, I did a little bit, I didn't. And if I had just done what I was told to do even way back then, you know, the fact of the matter is that the, the old adage of, you know, you want to dig the well before you need the water, right? So ultimately when you're ready to drink, you've got the bucket full of water there that you can turn to. What's well, the same thing with content, right? The more content that you create, the more you grow your following, the bigger your email list becomes, and the more you're able to really just push a button and have influence and, and make things happen. So content equals influence at the end of the day. But you know, today, more so than ever, you really got to be focused on the content that you release. And that's a conversation for, for another day. But C1 is really all about content, right? And, and most creators, whether you're an author or speaker or podcaster or you know, online marketer, whatever you're doing, most of us are creating content on a consistent basis. So we're already doing that. And then because we're releasing content, it creates the second part of the C3 framework, C2, 
which is community. You know, you have people who consume your content. They watch your videos, they read your blogs, they listen to your podcasts, et cetera. And so if you're releasing content on a consistent basis, you have people who know you, who like you, who trust you, the TR Becker thing, right? And they ultimately want to be a part of, of your world. And so as you look at then the overall sort of framework of, okay, it becomes the circle here of content leading to community. The third piece here at the bottom of the circle is then having your own currency. Because now once you have your own currency, you have this enclosed ecosystem for one really starts to fuel the other and it becomes very circular in nature. And so you release your content, you attract your community, you now have products, programs, and services that you can sell or incentivize your community to get themselves involved with using your own currency. And now you can begin using your currency within your community to help drive value and return value to the community that helped you to create really what you have built on, so to speak, on their backs in Web2. And now, as opposed to being kind of on their backs in Web2, now you're involving them in the process. And now they they have the opportunity to co-own and co-benefit from what it is that they're already consuming. And that's where it becomes very circular. And, um, and, and this is exciting, really. Have you found that the people that own your currency, your social token, your creator coins, tend to have a different level of loyalty than those that do not? Oh, God, yes. Talk to us a little bit about that, because most of us don't have what you have, so we don't know what that's like. If you think way back when, and I'm gonna—I don't even remember, and you would remember, but you know, if you think about the uh, the thousand true fans, right? Kevin Kelly or something—I don't remember exactly when that was, but yeah, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have what what are known as super consumers, so to speak, within your ecosystem right now. You have those those thousand true fans, and when you when you start giving those people the opportunity to benefit from what it is they already support. That's where the magic really happens. Because at the end of the day, as, as you know, people help to support what it is that they help to create and build. And, and again, you know, I, I don't have a crystal ball here, but I've, I've been pretty spot on in future trends for the better part of 30 years. What I know to be true is that as things continue to move forward, Mike, when, when, you, when you give people the opportunity to choose between company A and company B that both sell similar products, programs, or services. And company A is, is really in that web two mentality of, you know, how can I just simply extract value from my market, so to speak, as opposed to company B, which is really thinking in terms of how can I add and return value to my community? The consumer, when they're given that sort of equal choice there, they're gonna choose the, the company that is really forward thinking and the web three thinker, if you will, that's looking to add and return value to the community as opposed to the company that's just looking to extract that value. It's really fascinating because you and I are pretty much the same age and this is just totally different than the way we were taught to do business. We were taught that, hey, you need to create something that is yours, right? Ideally, you have few shareholders and you retain as much control as possible. But now we're entering this era where actually giving something of value that is tradable, cashable, outable, whatever you want to call it, is almost like giving equity, right? And it's like, wow, it opens up a whole new thing. And it's like creating super fans almost, right? And it is fascinating to me to think through this and NFTs because they're all kind of similar in concept. 
So we talked about how with creator coins, the basic things are you can create reward programs, if you will, that provide exclusive access to people based on the quantity of your coins that, that they hold. We also talked about how you can actually sell information, for example, training programs rather than for dollars, you, you sell them for coins, right? Are there any other kind of high level business use cases, whether you're doing them or not, whether someone else is doing them? Like if you had, have you seen any other fascinating ways that people are using creator coins to kind of build a business outside of these two concepts? I'll, I'll throw something else on top of this before I forget, which is Rally has a really interesting structure in place that rewards people who hold creator coins. So they have their own reward system set up so that based on the number of coins that you hold, whether it's Boldcoin or other creators on the platform, every single week, Rally gives you their coin as a reward for supporting the creator coin ecosystem on Rally. So that's something that a lot of people don't, don't even talk about. And that can add up pretty substantially depending on how much you invest into the different creator communities. You know, that's kind of above and beyond everything else. And as the holder of your own coin, if you decide to go down the road of, of being a creator, you also receive those same rewards for being a holder of your own coin. I just want to make sure that's said because that can add up. We should state that they don't do a great job communicating that because I didn't know until I logged in that I had a bunch of rally coins and you can take those rally coins and you can invest them back into your favorite creators or you can cash them out, right? A hundred percent. So like literally you can take those rally coins that they give to you. Again, if you go to Coinbase, the coins that they give to you are the same tokens that are traded on Coinbase. So you have the ability to take those rewards and cash them out through whatever your trading platform of choice is where Rally is traded. So it's actual compensation just for supporting the creator coin ecosystem. And you're right, they don't do a great job of letting people know that that's one of the, the very real benefits of, uh, of being a consumer. So, so in other words, your community not only has the benefit of being able to access certain things based on their holdings, if the value goes up of that coin and the value of their holdings go up if they buy a product or a program or a service from you, you know, then there's there's real tangible value to them as well. And 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 of course, the longer that they hold, the more that they're able to to for them to extract value from what it is that you're already offering, and then be rewarded in the process as well. But you asked the question about are there other things going on? Uh, you know, one of the things that that Rally does that's really interesting, and uh, and again, this is exclusive to the Rally platform, is they have a an NFT marketplace as well. So a lot of people don't know that Rally has its own NFT marketplace. So you can use your coin. It's like we're, we're doing a launch of our own NFT project. And so we've got our, our project coming out called Pod Friends. And there'll be three different levels of the Pod Friends. We've got dolphins, we've got walruses, we've got whales, right? Each unlocks certain benefits. So there's value in the, in the NFT itself, but then each unlocks certain benefits based on you know, what, to what degree you, you, you play with us. But, um, but Rally, you know, if we chose to, we could launch that project on Rally. And we might, and we might. We're still exploring whether or not it makes the most sense to launch our NFT project on Rally because Rally makes it really easy to be able to do so. And we can use Bold Coin as the currency 
for people to to buy into that NFT project. So we very well end up may going in in that direction. And there's a resale market there, and there's other interesting artists that have their products, uh, you know, their NFTs available on the on the rally marketplace. So you're starting to see a lot of creators tie in NFT projects to their creator coin as well. And then based on the holdings that they have, there's certain benefits that the holder of those NFTs realize. But, you know, Rally really makes the process fairly simple because they handle just like with the coin, they handle all of just called the coding and the smart contracts and the things that for some people are just like, you know, it's just way over their head. Yeah. And for those that are listening, you know, obviously the big advantage to Rally is they are their own ecosystem. And if you have an audience that is not familiar with crypto, not familiar with NFTs, Rally does allow you to take a credit card literally to buy the crypto, which is not the way it works typically on all the other social platforms. So it really is a great bridge platform, I think, for people that have an audience that has credit cards but doesn't have crypto wallets, right? And and they want to be able to kind of get on the system. I would imagine on the NFT side of things, those NFTs are going to be forever living on the Rally platform, though. My guess is they're not going to be something you're going to be able to find on OpenSea or something like that, which is probably part of what you're processing as far as whether you want to reach a broader audience of NFTs. Is that kind of what you're thinking through? Yeah, it's funny. I'm smiling because I want Kelly to, to listen to this conversation because what you just landed on is exactly what we're going through right now in terms of why we might not do it on Rally and, and, and look at OpenSea or a more traditional type of platform because... Yeah, that is something for for consideration. Absolutely. Steve, this has been really fascinating. If people want to discover more about you, where do you want them to go? Is there a specific website you want to send them to? And also, if they want to reach out to you on the socials, do you have a preferred social platform? So number one, definitely go to podcastmagazine.com slash free. Grab a free lifetime subscription there. And every month I'm writing about interesting things. So that'll that'll keep you up to date on what's going on on this, this noggin of mine. You know, man, I, I got to tell you, I, like I said, I just haven't been as active on social as I should, but at Steve Olsher is going to be where I'm at on Twitter and uh, and on Instagram. Awesome. You know, I'm, I'm I'm digging in more and more every day, man. And, you know, eventually I'm going to learn this. So this old mule is going to learn a couple new tricks this year. And if they want to check out your token, where do they go to find that? Oh, uh, yeah. Bold coin, B-O-L-D. And uh, you can just go to rally.io. Uh, forward slash bold, B-O-L-D. And it takes you right there to the coin. Steve Olsher, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insights and answering all my questions about creator coins. I mean, this has been absolutely fascinating. Appreciate you having me. If you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash C13. The letter C, the number 13. If you're new to this show, be sure to follow us. Got some great content coming your way. And let your friends know about this show. I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of the Crypto Business Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may Web3 continue to change your world. The information provided in the Crypto Business Podcast is provided solely for educational purposes. Do not treat what you hear as investment, trading, or financial advice. Do your own research. The Crypto Business Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com 
to find out more.